Man, amen, right? Incredible, incredible. You know, uh, it's so good to celebrate, to look back on the past and what God has done this last year. You know, for me, it's been awesome. I've only been here about six months uh, on staff, but to look and watch this video of just the wondrous things that he has done. I mean, there's no explanation. There's nothing other than God is just working. And it's so, so cool. Um, This morning, we're going to dig into Psalm 77. So go ahead and open up there. As you're turning there, you know, as we talk about um, just celebrating and looking back and reflecting as we go forward, uh, there was an English writer named G.K. Chesterton who said this, that among the many things that leave me doubtful about the modern habit of fixing eyes on the future, none is stronger than this, that all men in history who have really done anything with the future have had their eyes fixed upon the past. You know, there's some truth in that. You know, at, at UBC, we've, we have a great history of some awesome student ministry directors. Uh, we, our last student ministry director, Shane Hawkins, also a theologian, said, said this in one of his sermons. If you don't remember something, you're going to forget it. And I am honest here this morning that this is no slight in any way, shape, or form. It's not a joke on the old guy. Seriously, I read that and I think, that's deep. Uh, there's, some, there's some total truth in that. And honestly, like, our student ministry is in a better place right now because of all the stuff that he invested in in the past. And we're thankful for him. In my office, you know, as I go into my office, I decorated a little bit a couple months ago. I put uh, basically center between the two windows so that when I walk in the door, I see what I call the wall of fame or the wall of shame, depending on how you look at it. And and what this is, is really just... A bunch of pictures from my last six months of some of my favorite memories in student ministry. Uh, This first one uh, really is just James Shell, right? Uh, uh, so that's the overview. That's what it looks like in the, the top corner. It's James Shell at our color war. He's, he's got color chalk plastered all, of him, all over him. And we kind of used a leaf blower and kind of got it. And that's the face we got. And I thought, this is gold. This is my favorite picture, I think. Uh, this, this next one is actually of Jonas Clemens giving a Sharpie permanent mustache on Ben, ben Henderson on our way back from camp. Note to future students and current students, never fall asleep on the bus. Amen to that, right? This next one is five of our student ministry leaders uh, at, our Monday, or at our morning meeting, and they decide, hey, I wonder how many of us we can fit on the couch, all while holding hot coffee. Well, it is five, just so you know. And I said to one of them about two weeks ago, I look at that picture and I always think, how did you not spill your coffee? And they go, oh, we did. (laughs) And I'm not sure who thought that was a good idea, but uh, it definitely wasn't the next people that had to sit on that couch after the sweaty guys, right? Nicole Coates, one of our awesome student ministry leaders uh, with her small group of girls at her color war. This was literally, I think, a couple seconds before the picture was taken, and one of the girls holding a color bomb puts it right in her face. I think we have it on video somewhere, but it is fun just to see how our students love our leaders. Uh, I think this last one is back in, I think, September, one of our student ministry leaders getting baptized and celebrating that with him. And man, these pictures are front center in my, in my office because when I go through those doors, I want to be reminded of the joy of serving in student ministry. No matter how my drive-in was that morning or how my lunch was, I come back in or a meeting that happens or an email or whatnot, I want to come into my office 
and remember the joy that I get out of serving in student ministry. So this morning, just to, to prep you before we dig into this passage in Psalm 77, it's not lots of great memories off of the, uh, right off of the get-go. The writer, the writer Asaph is, is struggling at the beginning of this passage. He's going through some trouble, some tough times, and they kind of break down this passage maybe into four sections. The first section, verses 1 through 3, it kind of deals with his troubles. Verses uh, 4 through 9, the second section, kind of deals with his questions that come out of his troubles. And the verses 10 through 15, as he begins to reflect and remember God's goodness, it's his memories that bring him out of despair. And then 16 through 20 it is really just a testimony of how God is working or has worked in the past. And it's almost a, a picture that he's painted with just the goodness of God and what that looks like. So as we go through this passage this morning, with that in mind, our, our big idea, what we want to get out of this passage this morning is that when struggles or problems come and lead to questions of God's goodness, we need to hold fast the memories of God's faithfulness to bring us out of despair. As we look back at 2021, as we watch the, the video, as we're sitting here just thinking about our year, reflecting on what God's done this past year in our personal lives, you know, it's not lost on me that some of us, we've gone through some tough, some tough stuff this year. You know, whether it's been COVID or health issues with family members, maybe the loss of a loved one, a natural disaster that's come up, the tornadoes a couple weeks ago. You know, our staff, one of the joys that we have is every Tuesday morning, we just gather before our staff meeting and we spend about 20 minutes just praying for the needs of you guys. And we want you to know we love you. And that's a joy for us to pray for you in those times, right? So as we reflect, and maybe some of us, we're, we're looking at 2021 and we're ready to close the door. And we're hoping that 2022 uh, is, a, is just the start of something new, right? That God is going to work this year as well. Well, this morning, I want to share four truths out of this passage and four truths to remember in times of trouble. This first one we're going to see right off the bat in verses 1 through 3. And the first truth is this, that times of trouble need to be times of prayer. Read this with me. Psalm 77, 1 through 3. It says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out to withhold, is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. Selah. You know, at the end of verse 3, we see that word, Selah. We can just kind of glance over it, go to the next one, but maybe why it's there. We're going to see it three times in this chapter. We'll see it throughout the Psalms a bunch of times. And really why it's there is the writer or the singer of the Psalm, it's their reminder to stop at the end of the verse. But it's also a reminder for us to stop, to pause, to reflect to meditate. So in those first three verses, we see the struggle that's going on. We see his life is in despair. He's crying out loud to God in his trouble. While he's silently going through stuff, he's crying out to the Lord, asking for help. This picture of Asaph really in this passage needs to be what we do right off the bat, that in times of trouble need to be times of prayer. That when we go through the tough times, we cry out to the Lord crying out to him for help. We see his struggle for relief. He seems crushed with life and what it's brought. And we're going to see our second truth here to remember in times of need in verse 4. And it's this. Sometimes we won't have the words, 
and that's okay. Sometimes we won't have the words, and that's okay. Look, look, you're going to get it, I think, when we get into the passage. Let's read verses 4 through 9. He's still there. He says, you hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Selah, stop, meditate, reflect. You know, how thankful we are, you know, as followers of Christ. You know, we've got the promises in Romans 8, 26 or 27 that in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our things that are going on, and sometimes we don't even have the words to, to ask God to help us in certain ways or to pray for people that are going through tough times, and sometimes we're literally at a loss for words. We're reminded in Romans 8 that the Spirit is interceding for us, Right? And ways that we don't even understand, but we know and we hold fast that God is working in the midst of those things, even when we can't ask for what that is. You know, Asaph is searching for the memories, right? He's searching for memories of faithfulness of God, that trying to bring those memories to the forefront. In verse 6, he, he says this phrase that, let me remember my song in the night. You know, it's almost like on Christmas Eve, we played this game, and in the first service, the 4 o'clock, we had some contestants up here trying to figure out what Christmas song it was, and they were struggling to know what that song was. I started humming one of the songs, and the whole audience got the song, but the contestants up on stage, no clue. Let me remember my song in the night. It's almost as if he can have the tune to the song, and it's a distant memory, but he's struggling to remember the words. Look at some of the words, though, in verses 7 through 9. They show some attributes or some characteristics of God or uh, his likeness and whatnot, but then it, it raises his questions. In verse 7, look, he uses that word favorable. It says, you know, will the sun rise, basically? Is, is there light at the end of the tunnel? God is his favorable. Is, is he still or will he again? Verse 8, he talks about God's steadfast love. And he says, has it forever ceased? Is it gone? Is it coming back? I, I don't feel it right now. Verse 8, he also talks about his promises, right? And asking basically, are they at an end for all time? Are they going to come back or are they over? Verse 9, he talks about God being gracious, saying that has God forgotten how to be gracious? He would talk about God's compassion in the next line in verse 9. Has he shut it down? You know, we see his struggle in verses 1 through 3. We see his questions come up here and questions of God's goodness and faithfulness, his song in the night, trying and searching to remember what it was like. And I can't help but think about a time in my life last year when this was, this was me. Last December um, was about 12 months for me working in a job that I didn't like. Um, in between ministry positions, uh, God blessed me and gave me this job in this uh, paper factory where I was working all these weird hours, making lots of money uh, in some ways. But, man, I was sacrificing time with my family 
and all of these other things that were happening. And I'll never forget, like, I, I didn't want the job, and the money was helping pay off some things and whatnot, and so it was a good temporary thing. But when December hit, and I had been doing this for 11 months already, I remember one night, about 8 o'clock, I'm getting ready to go in and start third shift, and I sat my kids down and my wife, and we're sitting in our family room um, getting ready to start our Advent devotional. And I never would imagine that reading this, this, this little devotional, two sentences in, I would just get wrecked. I'm not an emotional guy. When old Yeller dies, I sit there. There's no glistening in my eyes or whatnot. I, I'm, I'm worked up, right? But it's not outwardly showing. And so for me to read this devotional with my kids and my wife and to get wrecked by it and just start crying and like Asaph, not be able to talk was new to me. And uh, I got one sentence in, and you know when you're reading stuff and you're reading out loud, your, your eyes and your mind are comprehending what's coming next while outwardly there's a delay in it coming out. And I saw the words that were coming next, and I just, I broke down and started crying. My wife took that devotional and, you know, just kind of started reading, well, daddy's a mess, you know. My kids are like, what's going on? Here's the lines from that devotional. This very minute, he's working for his glory and for your good. Through cer those circumstances seem otherwise, God is moving right now to fill his long-appointed plans for you. Don't give up. Take hope in the manger and know that you are prized by Jesus. You know, that was my moment where words weren't coming out. I was going through this tough time. I was questioning God that, oh, your God, you know, did you forget about me here? I'm doing this job that I don't like, getting, you know, mopping these floors aren't, you know, it's a little over with the joy here. I'd love to serve you again in ministry. When's that going to be? And, uh, man, verses 10 through 15, it's kind of like the changing point of this passage. It goes from his, his trial, his struggle, his questions, and now it goes to like a light bulb kind of turns on in his mind where he's able to remember those memories. Our third truth to remember in times of trouble is in verse 11 through 14, that remembering God's faithfulness in the past or in yesterday fuels our hope for today and tomorrow. Let's check this out, verse 10. Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. You know, in verses 11 through 12, Asaph is basically going to get his voice back. The voice that he lost, that the trouble was so strong, he couldn't even, like, you get words out, right? It's almost as if he gets his voice back, and now look at the words of his heart that come out. Verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. Selah, stop, pause, reflect, meditate. You know, May 15th will always be a day that, in my mind, brings me joy. Because on May 14th, um, I went into my job at that place, and now I've been there 15 months. 
And I knew that it was my last day or two at this place because I was going to start at UBC on Sunday, May 16th. So I went into work May 14th, second shift. I'm going in at 2 o'clock. I'm expecting to come home at 10. And wouldn't you know it that with my job, if my relief doesn't come in, I get the joy of working another eight hours. And that's what happened that night. And the guy knew that, you know, I was my last day or two, so he was going to call off the next two days and wasn't going to make his buddies that were going to there work those other two days. So I, so I got to. So May 14th, well, I went in for an eight-hour shift. I got a 16-hour shift. I got off at 6 a.m. that morning. I went home. I got a nap for about two and a half hours. I woke up, took my son to a soccer game. If I'm honest, I slept during most of that soccer game in my lawn chair. I would wake up every time the coach would say, sub. I'd open my eyes, I'd see my son go in, I'd stay awake, drink my coffee, watch him go in, play soccer. When I saw him go out, my eyes would shut, and I would fall asleep like instantly until I heard that sub word again, right? Or until my son ran over to me and sat in my lap on the soccer game. And that scared, that scared me pretty good. Yeah. After that soccer game, I'd go to my daughter's doubleheader softball game. Uh, now, eyelids, you know, just, I don't even know how they're open. Uh, fueled by coffee and energy drinks. I'm sitting by my wife at this game, and there's just an incredible joy knowing that I don't have to go back to that job that night. I'm watching my daughter play softball. I'm excited that God's faithfulness is, is, is coming, and while I didn't see him work in certain ways, I know that, man, this is such an awesome feeling. I'm literally exhausted, but I'm so excited. And this is a picture of my wife and I at that softball game that morning. I don't know if I look happy or not, but inside, man, I'm, I'm happy. Trust me. So excited to start that next day and get back into student ministry. Let's look at this last section, this fourth section. You know, Asaph right here was looking, searching for memories of God, searching for his goodness, his faithfulness. And now he sees it like uh, almost like as if it's a painting with the colors are vibrant. His words are strong here about God. And our last truth to remember in times of trouble is this. Even though we don't see God working, he's leading us like a shepherd leads his flock. And that factory in those 16, 15, 16 months that I was there, constantly wondering, God, where are you in the midst of this? You know, John 10 tells us uh, Jesus talking about his, his people, his, the followers, his sheep, right? That they know him, right, by his voice. Even though the sheep don't see him, they hear him. They know when he's leading, right, when they call him, when he calls them. Look at verses 16 through 20. It says, when the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled, the clouds poured out water, the skies gave forth thunder, your arrows flashed on every side, the crash of your thunder was on the whirlwind, your lightnings lighted up the world, the earth trembled and shook, your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. Think about that for a second. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You know, in my life, those 15 months felt like an eternity, wondering where God was. His footprints may be unseen until the fact came when I saw his faithfulness and remembered how he was faithful in the past when I saw the future, right? Looking back here, now I see the footprints that I didn't see back then. Verse 20 says, 
You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. I love the progression of this passage. We start with his trouble. We go to his questions. He's reminded finally he finds the memories of God's goodness and faithfulness. And a transition to him speaking of God in ways that we can picture about his incredible power. But also in the ways that he led in the past. You know, shortly after, shortly after I started here at UBC, I was going through some boxes in my garage, trying to find some of the books that I wanted to bring in and put in my office, and um, I came across some journals um, from the past that I had written in. I thought, huh, oh, I wonder what this one was. It was a journal from 2018 when um, I was praying to God on this specific day for a bunch of different things. And in this thing, I'm looking through these things, and I'm looking, okay, I prayed for Josh, my son, and his eyesight. I was praying for uh, debt that we were in at the time from some medical things, from a house that we owned in St. Louis that we sold and took a loss. And I was praying, man, God, you know, I, I like my job and ministry here, but, man, I would just love to be in student ministry again. And just this past May, as I was flipping through this journal, I came across this and realized that in about a two-week span, things that I had prayed with, prayed for from 2018, really until a lot of this, that time, that God had answered all three of those things in about a two-week span. My son Josh had um, some eyesight stuff for about three or four years, and we weren't sure um, what that was going to look like for him, if he was ever going to get his vision back on this one side, or if patching was going to work, or all the different things that were going on with him. And uh, this past May, right, and as I'm reading these things, I realized that Josh just had an eye doctor appointment last week where the doctor said, you know what, your vision is just as good with your glasses as it is without your glasses, and I don't think you need your glasses anymore. And so my son at that time was so excited that I have to wear glasses. I'm looking at my son and wondering, who are you? I don't remember what you looked like without glasses. But I'm reading those things and thinking, this is the goodness of God. This is what um, Shane was talking and G.K. Chesterton was talking about, that the, the people that are, do stuff in the future are the ones that are focusing on the past. And part of focusing on the past is realizing God's goodness and his faithfulness yesterday fuels our hope today and tomorrow, right? Um, you know, it's the end of 2021. I don't know what that year looked like for you. Gone through lots of tough stuff. Some of us, maybe we were hoping that 2022 brings something better or we see God's goodness in certain ways or we remember his faithfulness. But when our struggles, like our big idea, when our struggles or problems come and lead to questions of God's goodness, hold fast to the memories of God's faithfulness to bring us out of despair. Four truths to remember in times of trouble. We said the first one was times of trouble need to be times of prayer. The second truth, sometimes we won't have the words, and that's okay. Third truth, remembering God's faithfulness yesterday fuels our hope for today and tomorrow. And that fourth truth, even when we don't see God working, he's leading us like a shepherd leads his flock. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you today. Man, I don't know where all of us are at this morning, but Lord, I'm, I'm hopeful for 2022 because I'm remembering your faithfulness over the last couple years in my life. 
in ways that I didn't even see, but blessings that you have just brought and put in our life. It's such a joy to be able to be a part of this church and to serve here. Lord, it's such a joy to be back in student ministry. But God, I pray for all of us because 2021 has brought different things, Lord. And some of us, maybe we're in the struggle and the heat of it. Some of us, maybe we don't even have words for what's going on right now in our life. Lord, some of us, we're, we're reminded of your goodness that's fueling our hope for today and tomorrow. And God, like a shepherd leads his flock, that's how you're leading us. Help us to remember that and see that in our life, Lord. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.